everyone to the April 13th, 2022 City of Kirkland Park Board. Um, see, Melissa, will you um, please begin roll call? <laughs> Please say here when I say your name, board member Amy Ambrosini. Hi, Amy, are you able to unmute? Please. You can keep going, Melissa, we can come back. And we all see you, so. Board member Tammy Cohen. Present. Board member Allison Cunningham. Board member Tessa Hansen. Here. Board member Crystal Simpson. Here. Board member Roshan Parikh. Vice Chair Mike Holland. Here, present. Chair Amanda Judd. Here. Staff present are Parks and Community Services Director. Uh, so Lynn, she's, Lynn's not she's, coming. She's not here yet. Yeah, so. not, okay, not yet. Um, Deputy Director John Lloyd, Park Planning and Development Manager Mary Gardaki. Parks Operations Manager, Jason Filan, Recreation Manager, Sarah Schallenberger, and Melissa Bartoletti as Recording Secretary. Uh, Amy just sent me a message saying, oh, she sent it to everybody. Her audio isn't working, so she's switching computers. So she'll rejoin us in a minute. With um, once Amy rejoins us, we will have five park board members present. So we do have quorum this evening. Um, so first, this will be our first time doing this part of our agenda, um, as was discussed uh, previously. Um, I will go ahead and um, share the land acknowledgement. And then after I share the land acknowledgement, I will ask for someone um, to volunteer to read it um, next month. And then each month um, we will plan on someone else being able to uh, read that land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that the Southern Salish Sea region lies on the unceded and ancestral land of the coastal Salish peoples, the Duwamish, Muckleshoot, Puyallup, Skykomish, Snoqualmie, Snohomish, Suquamish, and Tulalip tribes, and other tribes of the Puget Salish people. And that present day city of Kirkland is in the traditional heartland of the lake people and the river people. We honor with gratitude the land itself, the first people who have reserved treaty rights and continue to live here 
since time immemorial and their ancestral heritage. Who would like to read the land acknowledgement at our next meeting in May? Tammy, thank you. Okay. Um, I think we noticed uh, already with our roll call, we have a new face among us and we're really excited um, to formally welcome, um, introduce our newest park board member, uh, Amy Ambrosini. Amy, welcome. Um, I'm sure I speak for everyone. We are very much looking forward to getting to know you and hearing your voice um, and seeing your efforts on the park board in supporting our communities and um, also supporting the city council in policy issues. So welcome. Thank you. Sorry, I can actually hear, I could see mouth moving and I was like, I have no idea what anyone's saying. Um, hi everybody, Amy Amrazini, nice to meet you guys. Very excited to be part of the park board and to work with all of you soon. Um, next on our agenda is items from the audience. I do see we have two um, guest attendees. So I will pause to see if we have any, um, anyone that would like to share. So if you'd like to speak, just click the raise hand button in Zoom or dial star nine if you call in. But it looks like you both. Okay, thank you, Brad. Okay. Next on the agenda is approval of minutes. Uh, the minutes draft has been distributed in your park board packet. Are there any corrections or amendments to the minutes that anyone would like to suggest? Okay, with that, um, hearing none, the minutes are approved as presented. Um, next on our agenda, looks pretty exciting. I'm going to turn the time over to uh, Deputy Director John Lloyd um, for a team, team building activity. Yeah, so it's always hard to get to know everyone in a virtual setting. Um, and we have not yet had the opportunity to meet in person in quite a while, I think since last time when we all met out at Tom Lake. Um, we do plan to do that again here soon. Uh, but I thought with Amy joining us tonight, and it's Always good to kind of learn a little bit more about all of us. Um, I thought we'd do a real quick introduction type team building activity. And so it's virtual show and tell is what we're gonna do. So everyone has a minute to find something in your house that you like, you that's meaningful to you, that's funny. Really, it can be anything. It can be a funny cat, I don't know. Um, the, the one I found was within arm's reach, but we'll give you a minute to find something in your house and then you'll have a minute to to share that and why you picked that item and what it, what it means to you, if it's meaningful or if it's funny or, or what it might be. So I'm gonna start the timer now. Everyone has one minute. I'm gonna go grab something.
found something in arms reach. I don't want to work too hard. <laughs> I did one one time where we had to like find colors. It's a really good, it's a letters. really good thing too. Ooh, that's fun. I think I find is dirty. But it is meaningful. There's all sorts of meaningful things in this room. Once Amanda gets back, cool. I really didn't start an actual timer, so. <laughs> See a kitty cat. I just got a chat from Greg in the audience. Happy Arbor Day, Washington second, Washington second Wednesday in April. It's Happy Arbor Day to everybody. All right, since I picked the game, I will volunteer to go first, unless anyone else really wants to go first. And then we can keep going, so. So the item I found, I'm in the, in our home office slash Peloton room, um, and we've got a big bookshelf right over there with a bunch of random pictures and some books. But also, oh, I, got, I forget about the virtual background, so I keep hiding it by myself. It's my football helmet from college. Uh, so for those, uh, those of you that don't know, I did play football in college, um, which is kind of one of those cool, memorable experiences for me. My best friends are all from, from the team, and I saw the group chat with them that if you've ever seen me texting, it's probably, there's a high likelihood you could guess would be with that group chat. Um, drives my wife nuts. Um, so yeah, I played football, I played center, I went to Cal Poly um, in California. Um, so kind of one of those things. Like, it was there. I saw it. I said, that's a good thing. It's not a boring picture of me. So that's where my daughter is now. Really? Yeah. It's a great, great town. My parents she were there last it. weekend. They went to a wedding. Um, <laughs> nice. I haven't been back in, well, I guess I went back last summer. I'll before I moved. So try Firestones. It's the best place. Okay. I'm going in May down to, for Mother's Weekend. So I highly recommend the tri tip sandwich at Firestone. Does anyone else want to go and share their item? I'm going to go just because my cat is going <laughs> to jump out of my arms. I have my cat, Leo. You guys have probably seen him before. Oh. <laughs> um, but I also just grabbed the book that I'm currently reading as well. Um, I'm a big reader. And this guy, Thomas Blackwell, actually spoke at our um, board retreat for the downtown association. So it's just kind of a little thing as well. So, yeah. Cool. I'm happy to go next. Um, this is some art. So my office is not full of interesting things. Um, my office is the dumping ground for things that are breakable, um, that we don't want our toddler touching. <laughs> so, um, I have, and like Amazon returns, I've got a stack of Amazon and clothing returns in here. So not a whole lot interesting. Um, but this is actually my husband and I met while we were both on expat assignments in Singapore. Um, and we did a ton of travel around Southeast Asia. And this was from one of our trips to Chiang Mai actually. Um, but we traveled pre pandemic a lot. Um, and yeah, so like art, like traveling, um, and a lot of good memories there. 
I can go next. I got my son's work badge. I, I'm in the guest room. He's home for Passover and um, makes me happy that he's here and the other kids are coming home for the weekend as well. So I picked up his badge and that's his little picture. And uh, he works in California. He's a re relatively recent grad and I'm glad to have him in the same time zone with the rest of the kids. So that's what makes me happy right now. Just an FYI, okay. Mike, Mike has his camera off because he's traveling and so his bandwidth is very low. So he's had to, his sound cuts off if he doesn't, if he has a camera on. So. Well, I just turned my camera on. Can you see my camera, John? Yeah, that's not very nice. Yeah. It is so, sunny here, but it's really cold. <laughs> so um, I'm down in Palm Springs right now. And when I thought about where would I like to be? Someplace warm right now. So I thought I'd show you this great place I'm staying in Palm Springs. Uh, in reality, I think vacations are really important. They're really healthy in so many different ways. And so I try to take as many vacations as possible, but still, you know, um, still try to uh, uphold my commitment to the park board, even though I'm 1200 miles away. We'll have to coordinate you, our visits to Palm Springs, yeah, Mike. Exactly. I think last time, Tammy, you and I were both in Palm Springs uh, <laughs> in February, right? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, this is a good a good habit to get into. Um, anyway, so this is this is where I like to hang out on vacation. Um, here in Whistler, Mexico, I like vacations. Nice. So thank you. And Amy, nice to meet you. I'll go next. I grabbed this little Playmobil whale. I love whales and I have them all over my house, although all of my family members have been told to not buy me anything whale related for any other gifts. But this one is um, from my kids' Playmobil set and it reminds me of them who I love very much and also of whales who I also, I don't know, have a thing for them. Uh, nice to meet you, Amy. I'll go. I panicked. I just grabbed things. I don't know. Um, so this might be a little, so this, I don't know if you can see, oh, I might have to turn off my, um, it is a, um, there we go. It is a old, it's a pickle jar. Um, my mom passed away a couple years ago. And when I went to help my dad kind of go through her stuff, there were dozens of these, like dozens. She liked pickles, I guess. Um, but it's very indicative of just not throwing things, like not necessarily like finding another use for them, like repurposing things. And um, it's very, I grew up in uh, rural Northeastern Oklahoma. And so it's just very indicative of finding value and, and making things go far and like trying to, anyway, the most valuable component of these is I kind of expressed, oh, wow, those would be good storage containers. And so every time my dad comes and visits me, he will try to tuck a couple in his suitcase very carefully. I don't really need them or necessarily want them, but the fact that it's meaning, it was meaningful enough for my mom to keep them. And then um, it's now our thing that my dad will bring me these huge pickle jars that I use as like, this has black beans, some have rice, some quinoa, like I use them as kind of storage containers. And it reminds me to 
reuse things, recycle things, um, and just seeing the value in things that some people might just throw away. And it reminds me of my family. So that's important too, I guess. Sarah, Jason, Mary, Melissa, I can go next. Um, well, I can probably change my background. So these are my mountaineering boots. Um, I'm in the Seattle Basic Alpine program right now. Um, I think I found a passion since I've moved to the Pacific Northwest a couple years ago, and that's like hiking and mountaineering and really enjoy being out in the mountains. Um, along with that comes with a lot of gear. I have this harness, um, you can see it with my background, but so mountaineering comes with climbing, you rope up um, to travel across, across um, uh, glaciers and um, the aim is to summit Mount Baker in July. Awesome. My roommate nice. when I lived in Boise was a mountain a mountain guide. Oh really? When you say it comes with gear, yeah. It, he would unload every time he got back from a trip and like just sprawling everywhere. So. I actually spent the night at Snoqualmie Summit um, on Saturday night. So my first time snow camping. Because it was probably pretty cold. It was dumping snow. <laughs> you had to like dig out like a trench every time you open up your tent. I can go next. Sure. Um, can you see what this is? Mm -hmm. um, this uh, was purchased. This is an original from 1980. Um, my mom got it for me because she knew I loved puzzles. And um, it really taught me a lot about how my brain works. And I keep it, I, I'm so glad I still have it. If you see the condition of it, it's not back in its original cube, but I still have the 1981 book, You Can Do the Cube. And this thing works. Um, so maybe someday I'll get this back into shape, but I just uh, use that to, try to remind me that I, I, I continue to do puzzles and that's my job. <laughs> awesome. I bought a Rubik's Cube at the start of the pandemic to have something to fidget with and some of those like long web meetings. And I did figure out how to solve it one time by copying one of the codes that you just let go of left, right, up, down, whatever it was. But I can't remember it and memorize it to ever do it repeatedly. I have to look at these papers. So. One day I'll learn how to do it. I can go. Um, it's been really fun to hear everyone's um, stories and objects, by the way. Uh, this is a cat bus. I don't know if you can, if I can get the angle right. Um, he's from, he's a character from the movie My Neighbor Totoro from um, Hayao Miyazaki Studio Jibari, um, which I'm a big fan of. Um, and a few years ago, my husband and I went to Tokyo and one of the highlights of our trip was going to the museum of um, Studio Jibari. So we got to see some of the original animations and um, and artwork and they had this wonderful little gift shop. So now I have a little cat bus. <laughs> hey Jason, you're the last one. 
You have anything in the office? Um, I'm at work. You got stuff. You got to turn your background uh, off. Oh, yeah. Well, you can see a little bit, maybe, huh? Yeah. Just keep or not. Yeah, sorry. Ah, yeah. It's a picture of my kids and I at the beach when they're like four and five. Um, I keep a few pictures of my family in my office. Makes me smile. Uh, I, they're gone now. They're out of the house, and so it's sad for my wife and I. We're working through it. It's not been easy, for sure. But, uh, yeah, family means a lot to me, and it's important. So that's all I have. If you ever want to borrow a two-year-old, just let me know. Well, I do have some experience with two-year-olds, so. And I do know there are some playgrounds. I borrow them all the time. <laughs> well, I really appreciate everyone sharing a little something, and hopefully it helped everyone get to know a little something about everyone. And hopefully we, when we get, we'll keep doing little things like that to learn a little more about each other, so. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me pull up. Okay, now it's time for business items. <clears throat> um, the first item for business is recreation overview. Uh, Sarah will give us uh, our a presentation on the programs and services offered by the recreation division, including highlights for summer 2022 programming. Yes, let me just get my screen shared and set up here. Okay. Um, yeah, so tonight I just, I wanna kind of pull back the curtain a little bit on recreation um, and chat with you all about what we do and um, yeah, share a bit about what is happening um, in the summer in 2022. Um, to start out, um, wanted to just talk about what we're working with. So uh, for facilities, um, we've got, we have several, um, North Kirkland Community Center, uh, one of our two community centers, this facility hosts nearly all of our parent-child programs and preschool classes, um, as well as a mix of youth programs, camps, and adult fitness. And then we have Peter Kirk Community Center, which is more drop-in use. Um, it's primarily catered to seniors, to our older adult population. Um, and, and many senior services are provided from uh, PKCC. We have a lot of uh, adult general classes that are held here as well, as well as adult and senior fitness, youth camps. And then of course the Peter Kirk pool is co-located there. Um, this is our outdoor seasonal pool where swim lessons happen, um, water exercise classes, open swim, all that fun, fun water stuff. Uh, Heritage Hall is another facility that our team manages. This is a popular site for, um, for rentals, for weddings, uh, birthday parties, showers, and then it also is used for uh, youth camps in the summertime. We have a wonderful system of parks that we use for programming as well. These make really great outdoor classroom spaces. And then we partner with Lake Washington School District um, to use their gym space for sports programs. 
we also have just a wonderful staff team in recreation. They are so professional and compassionate and are truly invested in providing enriching experiences for community members. Um, we have 12 FTEs, uh, 13 including myself, who are organized into three groups, each of which is led by one of our three supervisors. So we have one team at City Hall, one team at uh, Peter Kirk Community Center, and then one at North Kirkland Community Center. And then those teams are made up of our coordinators and program assistants. And then we rely on many seasonal and part-time staff to help carry out our mission. Um, these include program instructors, lifeguards, uh, youth sports officials, facility attendants who work the front desks, um, day camp staff, pool cashiers, et cetera, et cetera. We have a, a big team. We typically have 30 to 40 part-time staff who are with us throughout the school year. Um, and then in the summertime when the pool is open and camps are in session, that number grows to about uh, 150 or so. Um, I don't wanna get too into the weeds with budget numbers, but I wanna give you a little taste of what this looks like for recreation. Um, so this year in 2022, our budget is about three and a half million dollars. Um, most of that is for staff wages and benefits, 60, uh, two thirds of it or so. Um, and then that other uh, third of it is kind of broken down into these other operating costs. So of that chunk, um, we've got about a third of that that goes for uh, professional services. This is our primarily our contracted instructors, folks we work with to help deliver um, recreation programs. Uh, we have about 40 contractors on the roster right now. Um, and then another third of that goes towards uh, facilities and IT services that we, we pay internally um, as we use those services. And then that last chunk goes for uh, supplies, repairs, advertising, printing, that sort of thing. Um, and then the pie chart on the right is looking at revenue. Um, so in a normal year, we typically see about $2 million in revenue. Um, and these numbers are from 2019. That's what I'm considering a normal year because it was our last kind of full year of normal operations. Um, but of that, about 80% typically comes from program fees, 10% um, usually comes from rentals, and then 10% usually comes from marina operations. So this is boat launch fees, moorage, um, commercial dock use. And I should say this isn't um, recreations revenue. This is just revenue that our staff have a role in collecting, um, but the department receives revenue from other, other sources as well. Um, COVID meant that our revenue numbers were much lower in 2020 because programs ended in March. Um, and then last year, our revenue was closer to one and a half million dollars because we didn't offer um, winter and spring programs and then our summer camps um, operated at reduced capacity. Um, so how do we spend that budget and where is that revenue actually coming from? Um, I, I want to just kind of give a, a sense of the scope of the services that we provide. The biggest one, of course, is programming, um, but there's a lot of other stuff that we do as well. So our team is the primary front-facing contact for calls to the Parks and Community Services Department, and our whole team is, is public-facing, helping customers each day. Um, our city hall team helps facilitate uh, picnic area rentals and the parks is scheduling for that. They also administer the athletic field allocation process and issue permits um, for teams wanting to use the fields, both uh, park fields and then uh, school district fields as well through our partnership with the district. 
Um, staff also facilitate rentals at Heritage Hall um, and at rooms in the community centers, indoor facility rentals. Uh, we handle much of the administrative side of the marina and dock operations. So collecting the moorage and boat launch fees, uh, managing leases with commercial vendors who are using the docks. Um, our team administers a, a popular pea patch program, community garden program uh, with three sites. Um, staff contract with vendors to operate in parks. This could be um, ice cream trucks, uh, paddleboard rental companies, concessionaires, that sort of thing. Uh, the PKCC team provides health and wellness and food services for seniors, as well as transportation services. Um, our team administers the scholarship program to help reduce um, financial barriers to participation in rec programs. In the summertime, we provide lifeguards at Kirkland's three swimming beaches, uh, Houghton, Waverly, and Juanita Beach. And then our team also assists with uh, mass care in the event of an emergency specifically sheltering. Um, last year, we operated the community centers both as uh, cooling centers and warming centers with the heat wave in the summer and the cold snap in December. Um, but programs are really our bread and butter. This is the bulk of what our team provides to the public. Um, I'm gonna spend some time digging into that a little bit more. And then uh, community events, community building events are a new addition for us. These include both um, large-scale festivals, and then smaller ticketed events. And I'll chat a little bit more about those two. Um, I also want to say that much of, much of what's on this page here is done in collaboration with Jason and his team. Um, the outdoor facility rentals, the pea patches, the marina, all of that, um, they're, they're boots on the ground providing the maintenance and operational support each day. Oops, too far. Um, so to go a little bit on a deeper, deeper dive into programs, um, we really have something for all ages. There's parent-child classes that are open to um, children as young as two months old. We offer preschool programs, youth programs, teen programs, adults, and 50-plus programs for older adults. Um, and the, the variety is expansive. Um, parent-child programs are focused on motor skill development, socialization through books, music, art, movement. Um, preschool programs include tumbling, dance, uh, music, sports, art, cooking, uh, youth camps build on all of those. Um, we also have a large uh, youth basketball league that operates in the wintertime. Um, summer camps are huge. Uh, there's a couple of traditional day camp options. There's a bunch of sports camps, um, tennis, soccer, volleyball, cheer. Um, there's a number of STEM camps um, covering uh, Legos, coding, um, other, other kind of computer-based camps, um, filmmaking, art, nature, cooking, outdoor skills. Um, we're in the process of expanding teen programs, and I have a, a slide about that that I'll go into a little bit more. Um, and then for adults, we offer sports leagues, uh, volleyball, pickleball, softball, and then a variety of um, fitness programs, dance, art. Um, and then for our 50 plus population, we offer all of that, plus fitness programs that are specifically catered to older adults, as well as computer classes, um, health and nutrition, uh, book club, movies local trips, um, and then there's the pool. <laughs> swim lessons for all ages, um, open swim, water exercise. Um, 
truly something for everyone. Uh, a few quick numbers. So 2019, our kind of normal, most recent normal year, we had about 2,100 um, programs and close to 9,000 participants um, come through our uh, REC programs. And then in 2021, we offered about half the programs and saw about half the participants, um, which makes sense again, given our closures last year and um, operating at reduced capacity. For um, 2022 so far, we uh, have seen about uh, 9,400 registrations to date covering um, winter, spring, and then summer programs that are coming up. Uh, we have about 23,000 spaces available for people. And you'll see on the next slide kind of where those are. Uh, they've kind of been inflated because of virtual programs that we've been offering um, for a yoga class on Zoom, you could have 100 people in the room. And so we have a lot more room to offer people through virtual. So that's why that number is so much bigger than it has been in the past. Um, but the really shocking one is the over 12,000 people who are on wait lists for programs. The, the bulk of those are um, for camps and aquatics, as you'll see on the next um, chart. There's just a, a very, very high demand for those programs that we have been unable to meet um, for some time just due to uh, capacity restraints, facilities, um, staffing, that sort of thing. So um, this chart shows our 2022 registration so far. Um, the blue is the, the maximum number of participants, the slots that are available. Um, red is the number of registered participants, and then green is our waitlisted folks. Um, so you can see for adult general, um, adult fitness, and senior general, that's where most of our virtual programs are. So those are um, very inflated, but you can see the aquatics waitlist in green, the youth camp waitlist, um, very, very high and, and close to capacity. All right, next I wanna highlight just a few um, new programs from the last year or so that our team have um, introduced. Uh, this first one, Rock Steady Boxing, this is a program for people living with Parkinson's disease. It focuses on strength building and coordination. Um, it's been really very popular and it's uh, been drawing participants from outside of Kirkland. Uh, Kendo is another one. This is a modern Japanese martial art. Um, capoeira is another. This is a Brazilian martial art program that incorporates dance elements. Uh, Trackers Earth is a new contracted program. Uh, this company is well established in Portland and they um, are expanding into the Seattle area through a partnership with Kirkland. They offer outdoor skills camps um, and have really been, been taking off. Uh, Periwinkle is a new outdoor preschool that we run in-house um, outdoors out of North Rose Hill Woodlands Park. Um, that's also uh, been, been very popular this year. And then eSports, this is an online uh, gaming program for youth, teens, and adults. Um, it's new, it's still, it's still growing, um, but it provides a safe, supervised um, online environment for people to participate. And then team programs. 
Um, we chatted um, about this a few months ago and we had um, Reggie and the Kirkland Youth Council come to Park Board and chatted about kind of how we were focusing on expanding teen programs and, and things have been happening, which is exciting. Um, so our staff have continued to collaborate with the Kirkland Youth Council and with Reggie to get feedback um, from teens about what kind of programs they want to see. And we really um, heard from teens that cooking was one that they were interested in. How do I, how do I cook? How do I make meals for myself? Um, so just last week, um, our team offered a pilot cooking class for teens that was focused on simple meals that they could make on their own. Um, this uh, staff group is also looking at uh, offering teen kind of event nights this summer, board games, video games, um, movie nights, kind of just opportunities to hang out and socialize. And then um, they're putting together a whole series of outdoor rec programs for teens. And uh, many of these are going to be offered as part of a grant that we received. Um, the flyer for this program is on the left here. This program is all about connecting teens to nature, um, especially those who haven't traditionally felt welcome in outdoor rec settings. So we're working to reduce barriers by providing transportation both within Kirkland and to the destination site. Um, we're providing snacks and water and lunches, um, day packs. We're even providing um, hiking boots for youth who don't have appropriate footwear to, to wear outside. Um, this is a free program and our team is conducting targeted outreach um, through local service providers to, to reach kids who've been historically underserved in this, in this space to um, bring them in there. So we're excited about that. Um, and then we also received a, a grant as part of this, the same grant program for a uh, mobile recreation program. So this is a pilot for the summer. Um, each, each Friday, uh, it will rotate to a different location in Kirkland, really trying to meet um, neighborhoods uh, that don't have great access to existing recreation programs. So that is the intent. And this one will be free as well. Also include lunches and water and hats and sunscreen and fun games um, for kids to participate in during the day. All right, and then community building events. Um, this has been a, a big addition to what the team's been doing over the last year or so. Um, and the department um, participated, played a, a big role in community building events um, before the 08 recession in, in 2010, when the department faced some budget cuts, um, the, the events that the department hosted came to an end. Um, during the COVID pandemic, um, the recreation team really pivoted to providing a very creative, um, kind of independently done community events. So this included um, scavenger hunts, focus on the history of Kirkland, um, nature-based scavenger hunts, kind of do-it-yourself um, style activities, a, a treasure hunt, a um, gnome home building event where community members built gnome homes out of uh, natural materials. Um, and then the team hosted a number of virtual contests as well, holiday lights, um, art contests, even pet photos. <laughs> so these are just important ways that the department connected um, with the community during these times of isolation. 
And then last May, um, we received uh, approval from city council to dedicate funds to community uh, building events in a bigger way um, as part of a COVID recovery strategy. This was the summer action plan. Um, so, so far that has included a free yoga in the park, um, a couple of cornhole tournaments, a very fun event called Sea Spot Splash where we invited uh, dogs into the Peter Kirk pool at the end of the season to um, run around and play. Um, also included Harvest Festival, uh, which saw about 5,000 people, we think, last year at Juanita Beach Park. Um, we offered a, a polar bear plunge in January for people to swim in Lake Washington. And then uh, this winter, we've been doing drive-in movies at Juanita Beach Park. And the next one is actually... Um, coming up very soon on April 22nd. It's going to be the live action Lion King. There's still some spaces available in case anyone is interested or knows people who might be interested. Um, and then uh, another very large, what we anticipate being another kind of signature event is coming up May 21st. Um, this is Kirkland's Taste of the World. This event will be um, really a multicultural celebration of um, food and arts and activities in Kirkland uh, from all around the world. Uh, we're also offering a free summer movie series. Uh, in July, it will be at Juanita Beach and then August at Heritage Park. Um, there's two, two movies being shown each evening, an earlier one that's more geared towards uh, families and um, one more geared towards adults uh, later in the evening. Sea Spot Splash and Harvest Festival are coming back in the fall. Um, and we would love to have um, Park Board members be involved in these events. Um, we are looking for volunteers for Taste, um, Taste of Kirkland on May 21st. Um, I'll send some information out after the meeting about that. Um, we'd also love for you to just come join us and, and play at the events. Um, and then help to spread the word too, both um, just for attendance and kind of drumming up interest, but also um, to help with volunteer recruitment. Those would be a, a couple of things that um, we would really appreciate. And with that, can open it up to any questions. I have a question, but I'm gonna wait and see if there's any other park board members that would like to go first. Um, Sarah, do you have any um, data or um, information about the percentage of scholarships that are being utilized in our mm. programs? Yes. Um, we we saw the the largest use in 2021 more more so than any other year but but we also changed the program um a fair amount last year it used to be where we offered i think a, a one program per quarter and it shifted so that it's uh 450 available per per person um per year and uh, I'll have to double check the numbers. I want to say we had, 
maybe uh, I'm thinking 113 recipients Boy, who used it. Now. Are you okay? Thank you, John. Um, but it, it was a it was a pretty high number, and there was. Um, so we had in 2021, 146 people were approved for scholarships. Um, 70 people actually utilized those scholarships. We allocated out a little over $15,000 in scholarship funds last year. And I think our previous high year was like $4,000. And we were also, one of the things we've also done recently is, uh, it wasn't recently, but we, is when you register for programs, there's a question, would you like to donate to the scholarship program? And we received over $10,000 in donations just um, last year from that. So it's helping to support that scholarship program to keep it up and running. Thanks, John. Thank you. And then um, I think you mentioned it, but I may not have captured it. Um, if to like volunteer um, for any of the events that are coming up, what did you say is the best way to get connected? I, I will send you all an email um, about the taste event volunteer opportunities. Um, Tracy Harrison, one of our coordinators out of North Kirkland Community Center is, um, is really running with this event. She, um, she was one of the leads for Harvest Festival and she's, she's making it big, <laughs> um, but she has, she, she has all of the, you know, the volunteer um, needs kind of dialed in. So I will share that with you all. And um, I, the, the big events are the ones where we have the biggest volunteer need. Um, but if you are really interested in coming to help out at one of the summer movies or at Sea Spot Splash or something like that, we would we would love to have you for those as well. Thank you. Will you be sending out information on volunteering for those as well? We don't have um, as big of an staff. We we've usually been able to recruit enough staff to work those events just because they're so smaller and they're smaller in scope. Um, if you would like to, you know, be there and help out, we'd love to have you. Um, so but the biggest need know. are the, the larger events. Any other questions? Thank you, Sarah. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, great. Great presentation. Um, next item of business is our pros plan update with Mary. Um, yeah, I'll just turn the time over to you. Okay. Uh, can you see my uh, slides? Yes. Excellent. Okay. So, um, this is your monthly pros plan update, and we are coming into the the final final lap of this whole project. So it's exciting. Um, so our recent milestones, as you may recall, we did a city council study session, and that was on March first. Um, and then, and then the park board uh, also had an opportunity on March 9th. And in both these meetings, we reviewed the executive summary goals and objectives. Um, 
And from that, those meetings, the consultant is continuing to draft the plan based on, on this framework. City Council also approved during that study session opening the 30-day public comment period for the ADA transition plan. Now, the ADA transition plan is a subset, if you will, to the PROS plan, but it's all the recommendations are going to be part of the PROS plan. So as I mentioned, that it uh, just recently concluded its 30-day public comment period. Um, that was on April 8th. And basically, we had the information, we promoted it, we had um, opportunities for people to provide input on the website. We also provided two hard copies of the document at both of the uh, public libraries. And we did receive a, a good amount of feedback. And all this, um, this feedback on the transition plan was based on the work of the sub-consultant to Barry Dunn, who is our prime consultant. And they uh, did assessments of 52 parks and facilities to create that draft transition plan. So the feedback from this um, will be reviewed uh, this Friday with the um, consultant. And then all, those, all the comments will figure out how to be factored into our final transition plan. As, for, as far as the larger document, the draft pros plan, we did receive a first draft of the plan in March and we uh, staff provided feedback back to the consultant. Um, we then received a second draft on April 4th and that's currently under review and we'll be meeting with the consultant this Friday to talk about uh, that draft. And then we'll, as, as, we, uh, as you'll see in the upcoming meetings, um, we're going to be continuing to work with the consultants to incorporate all the feedback and make sure that we are progressing with a, a final draft for folks to review. So with that said, the remaining schedule um, coming up will be May 3rd. Um, we're going to be back at City Council for the ADA transition plan. And that's primarily because we ran out of time during the study session to actually talk through that. So this will be the opportunity for city council to provide their feedback on the ADA transition plan. And then March 11th, as we've talked about, will be the public hearing for the pros plan draft review. May 25th will be the special meeting, which is the final draft review with hopeful recommendation for adoption at this special meeting. And then we'll take it to City Council on June 7th and they will have their first pros plan final draft review. Then with the hopeful adoption again in June of 20, June 21st at City Council. So with that, um, are there any questions? I have a question. Um, before the special meeting, how how much time will we'll have from how much time before the May eleventh meeting will we have to review the 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 draft plan before we meet to discuss it? So the from the you'll have a week in advance of that. Okay, so we'll get it on the okay. So so you'll get. Well, which me are you talking about the public hearing or this whoops, uh, public hearing or the special meeting? 
I guess before the public hearing, will we have it in advance It'll, to review? Yes, it'd be part of your park board packet. Okay, so about a week in advance. Mm -hmm. I, ha I have a question. This is Crystal. What, what does it mean when the city council adopts the pros plan? What great, yeah, great question. So this document is a, a, a really important document uh, in the sense that not only does it allow us to, um, one of the, one of the, obviously it's a strategic a document for the department, but it also um, allows us to apply for grants through the Recreation Conservation Office through the state of Washington. But probably the biggest component of this is once it's adopted, that document then becomes part of the overall city's comprehensive plan. There's a chapter in the comprehensive plan that points directly to parks and park services. So this document becomes part of that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. It's looking good. We're almost there. Okay. Any other questions? Thank you, Mary. Mm -hmm. And right on to the next business <laughs> item. Also, also, Mary will continue on with the capital improvement um, program information session. Yes. Uh, yeah, just a few quick slides because this is an important year as well as important time of year for us as we are starting to uh, revisit our six-year capital improvement program. Um, so I thought it'd be a good time to just give you a quick update on some projects that you see are in under construction and then what our, our plans are for 22 and 23. So if you've been out and about, you might see all the work that's being done at David Brink Park. This is an image of the ADA accessible walk that we had created. Um, and this is at the north uh, end of the beach where you'll see some habitat gravel and some new beach area with some habitat logs and it's really coming taking great shape. The next step with this is uh, the hydro seeding and sodding uh, of the site and hopefully um, if things take, take well <laughs> we'll have a ribbon cutting in mid to late May and uh, this is a wonderful opportunity for, for all of you, you'll all be invited. It's a great opportunity to visit with the community, visit with uh, city council and celebrate one of these great accomplishments that the park, Parks Department is doing. Uh, also under construction right now is 132nd Square Park. And as you know, this is uh, one of our, our larger uh, renovations of a uh, community park. Um, this was a park that was we annexed from the county during the annexation process. And so what we've uh, decided to do to help increase capacity is we coordinated with the surface water group and 
Um, they're putting in a storm vault underneath our new athletic synthetic field that we're, we're installing. And so that the actual installation of the synthetic field won't be for a month or so, but right now they're continuing with storm vault work and utility work, concrete work, um, the restroom building, and so we're, we're busy. We're almost done to, we're almost up onto the top. We're almost done working underneath and we're almost back to working on the top where you'll start to see some of the other amenities being installed. And we remain on schedule to be open hopefully by mid-September. And that too will have a ribbon cutting event. So, and then lastly, this is just a real quick update. We, we are finalizing a purchase and acquisition of this parcel in blue here. Um, we're just working out the final details of purchase and sale agreement. And uh, that will, as you can see, is a, a real, one of the final pieces in this entire park. Kind of, uh, we, we basically surrounded them. <laughs> so we're, uh, we're finalizing that purchase and we're using um, the remainder of some conservation future tax grant funds for that. So I talked a little bit about why, why we thought this would be a good time to talk about the capital improvement program and um, what the process is for that. So just a real quick snippet. Um, every, so we, we do, we revisit the budget every two years, but we do, uh, in, that, in that process, we also update the six-year CIP plan with proposed funding. So this year we're planning for uh, 2023 through 28, and um, we're working on a, a proposed plan right now, and that that gets reviewed with the city manager the first week of May. And I'm going to talk a little bit about what we're proposing again for 2022 as a recap, and then some things in 2023 that we hope get uh, funding. Um, and so that's a, a funding plan. And this is part of the budget process. So there's a two-year budget process that gets adopted um, and that will be adopted in December. So they'll take the two years of the six-year CIP plan and adopt that and approve it with budgeted money. So um, you'll see the, the final outcome. You, you'll see on the, on the right here, this really extensive calendar that's all involved with the budget as well as the CIP process. And I just highlighted where the CIP um, meetings are and how, how that actually finally gets adopted. But you also see all the budget, basic budget information and all that that goes into play. Um, to approve again in December. So for us, um, for the upcoming CIP projects for 22 and 23, this is a, a list of the project numbers that we're, we're considering. Um, we do have our parks, play areas, and accessibility enhancements. And this is, we're going to be looking at um, in 22 and 23, Everest Park and Reservoir Park for playgrounds. And then Jason's going to also tackle some maintenance items um, that 
it, actually, I'd like to lean on Jason for that. If there, you want to provide any um, insight on what your projects are related to maintenance. Oh, sure. We just have um, a couple of sport courts um, that we're going to do a little bit of um, uh, repair and painting on. Sometimes um, they get to be a little bit um, well, this need a new new coat of of fresh um, paints. We're going to do a couple of those and uh, a couple of little smaller um, amenity stuff at a at a couple of basketball courts. Thanks, Jay. Um, and then we also ha we have a continuing uh, growing fund that we contribute money towards the neighborhood park land acquisition. We also annually have money for park facility life cycle projects. And that's really to maintain the assets that we have. Um, we hope to begin uh, working on the picnic shelter at OO Denny. Uh, and then we have, these are kind of carryover items from our previous CIP. And that is the Green Loop Master Plan and possible property acquisition. Uh, we hope to do some park restroom renovations or replacements and that we're looking at Houghton and Everest. And the primary 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 purpose for that is the um, to make them year round, to make some adjustments to them so that they're, we don't have to shut them down in the winter, but they'll be available all year. I'll start to start looking at a wayfinding and park signage program plan. And then as, as you saw from our ADA transition plan, we're going to start looking at making these compliance upgrades. And then lastly is uh, Marina Park. And we have some docks and piers that need some attention down there. So we're looking at uh, preliminarily scoping whether we need to do a repair or simply replace the piers and docks. So that is where we are with those for 2022 and 23. And that is my last slide. Any questions? Thank you, Mary. I have a quick question. Sorry. I, no, a little, yeah. Has the concrete strike impacted that 132nd square David Brink Park um, construction schedule at all? Um, well, it, it, ha it hasn't in the sense that we were, we were able to find concrete. So like if you saw that beautiful path we had at David Brink, mm -hmm. we actually were able to kind of go outside of, we, we were able to find a source that was outside of that concrete strike. So thankfully, right now the concrete uh, strike is, the drivers are back to work now. Yeah. Um, but there there was more of some supply chain issues that were happening because of, of the pandemic. And there, there was some minor, they're not even really delays. They're, they're able, when they schedule a uh, construction project, they, they build in something called float to kind of accommodate these kind of uncertainties. So we're still really, really confident that we're gonna be done um, 
probably be done in August, but we're not saying uh, the opening itself when the public will actually be able to enjoy the, the park will be mid-September, late September. That's exciting for that yeah. park. I'm sure the community is great. anxious for it. Yeah. It's going to be a and great then, ribbon cutting. Yeah. And then final question um, for the Marina Park dock. That's a feasibility study project number, right? Because permitting alone for, for, for replacement of any docks or piers would be a couple oh. of years out, I presume. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just the design and yeah, exactly. And costing, because we're trying to figure out what might be the best approach, whether it's going to be to repair or if it's to mm -hmm. re completely replace. So we need to have a lot of uh, due diligence done and figure out the true yeah. condition of everything to figure out the most efficient and, um, durable long-term solution to to what's going on down there. Great, thank you. I don't have oh. any other questions. Good questions. Any other questions from park board members? Okay. Thank you, Mary. Yep. Um, I will now open the comments portion of the meeting. Um, it does not look like we had any correspondence in our board packet. Um, are there any questions or comments on the monthly report from board park, park board staff members? Nope. Um, does staff have any updates or information to share with the board? I might have a couple nuggets for you, Amanda, if you have a second. I love nuggets. St staff have been, uh, well, spring is, is in the air, right? So uh, lots of lands, different landscapes, things happening out there. It starts, things start to grow. Uh, lots of turf projects, getting things all ready and fertilized and healthy for the different sports leagues. And uh, even started filling the pool up um, this week and getting it all brushed and cleaned in anticipation of Sarah's busy summer. So um, lots of opportunity to serve for sure. Uh, we'll start bringing on seasonals this month and into next month and um, throughout the summer. So it's it starts to really ramp up for us when all the leagues start to play um, games and the high school games are going. So it's we have staff on, um, you might see me wave a little early. We have staff on till 1130 at night this time of the year, just, um, out there prepping between um, games and keeping the restrooms clean and and uh, going through site to site, just keeping things all nice and tidy. So a couple of small things for you. Hey, thank you. It's greatly appreciated too. Sure. Yeah, I was just going to put a plug in for, for Jason and Sarah for, if you know anyone that's looking for a summer job, there's lots of summer jobs out there. So yeah. Tammy, you have a question? Yeah, um, I just, Jason, uh, kudos to your crew. Um, two of your grounds crew are on uh, City Hall duty uh, the last couple of months in the crummy shoulder season, prettying up the bark on the, um, by the um, electric charging stations. And uh, I happen to pass them most mornings when I'm walking the dog early at about seven or eight o'clock. And they're just great. They're always very pleasant and they're hardworking and they've done a beautiful job. Um, trimming up uh, City Hall and the, the square block that I 
I tend to to walk. So kudos to them. Um, they even yep. explained the grubs to me when I was wondering what was happening on that side. <laughs> oh, well, I can't take credit for that. That's a wonderful crew that is our in our public works streets and grounds ah. division. And they take care of all of the medians. Like you saw some work over at Market Street uh, with all the, you know, kind of removing a bunch of weeds and different um, vegetation, putting in bark. And they take care of the fire stations in City Hall. So yeah, I'll pass that along too. to them, though. The, the crew Please lead, too. the crew lead, he's a great, great guy. But yeah, the, they, um, it's interesting with the, with the grubs because, you know, without watering, um, all that grass dies. And so you get this really aggressive, um, grub that the crows just love and so, so it's like candy for them so they turn over lawns all over the place especially lawns that don't really get a lot of um water and fertilizer yeah, they just they, say turn, they got a plan yeah they, they do they there's just, a plan meanwhile they, my dogs like the grubs too I think. Yeah, it's either sure. that or the rabbits right but yeah. anyway nice job and uh i'll, I'll pass that I'll along they you. don't get a lot of yeah, positive do. feedback they'll appreciate that so hey the lady with the barking dogs I'll tell it's all them. good. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Next on the agenda is park board member reports. Um, and just by way of um, explanation, Amy, uh, this section is when we have an opportunity. Um, every park board member um, is assigned one or two um uh, neighborhood associations that they get the opportunity to attend meetings and engage with residents of those neighborhoods. Um, and in this portion of our meeting um, is where we can kind of report back what meetings we were able to go to and also to amplify questions or feedback that our neighbors, our residents have that want to kind of pass that along to park board, uh, I mean, uh, parks uh, staff. Um, or any other type of events that are relevant to our, our objectives that they want to report out at this time. So are there any park board members that have any reports that they would like to share? Tammy? Um, Norkirk, I was out of town, but I think they did another neighborhood um, block party kind of thing. Um, they seem to, to be putting those on the schedule. Unfortunately, I was out of town, but they seem to be enthusiastic about it, and uh, hopefully I'll get some feedback on how it went, but um, they're trying to engage the community more, which is nice, and there's going to be a um, Norkirk garage sale, I think, coming up, or did I just miss it? Anyway, it seems to be activity going on over here in Norkirk. Well, thank you, Tammy. Tessa, did you have? I just had a question. I had a... Um... I thought I put a meeting in my calendar for April 27th. Did we have a special meeting on April 27th? At one point we did, but it was rescheduled. Okay. Okay. Just want to make sure. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it was re, let me just, it was the, it was the, um, yeah, it was rescheduled for May 25th and you should have that one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Any other park board member reports? Um, I was able to attend the Juanita Neighborhood Association and just give an update on where we are on the pros plan. Um, and I believe Finn Hill Neighborhood Association is planning a meeting. They meet very sporadically, but there I think there's one coming up. 
last chance. Okay, with that, um, we are done. With there being no further business, this meeting is adjourned. Thank you all. And again, welcome, Amy. Thank you so much for um, being willing to roll up your sleeves and join us. And um, there's, uh, there's going to be some great work for us to do coming up in the next year or two. So glad to have you on board.